Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. Uh, Ryan, hey, uh, you're over there in the uh, producer's booth, and I think you're forgetting a button. We're going to have a... You got it. The red one. That's the red button. Press the red button. Don't never press the red button. <laughs> We're going to have a really big show today. Hey. Yeah, we are. Here we go. Here we go. It's episode 71. Can you guys believe that? That's nuts. It's good time. Episode 71 and we're here and now if you're if you're listening on audio you don't get the the full effect but if you're watching on video you get to see that there's a there's this whole new comfy setup that we're all just absolutely enjoying. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> I feel like for our next recording we should transpose all of this over transpose? No. Transport is the proper word. Yeah. Just transpose we'd be changing seats and yeah, overlays and overlays. Overlay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Transport to the porch of a Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. I think that would be the only thing that would make this better. It's my favorite restaurant. <laughs> it would be. That would be your favorite restaurant, Josh. I love it. Ash brown casserole. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, for me, it's it's the it's the apples. It's the apples. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the grits. I, yeah. I, make, I put the apples in the grits. But uh, before I get too far along, uh, there's this guy over here to the left of me. Uh, you, you may know him as the perfect producer. Uh, they never turn the cameras around. They're fake news. Uh, his name is Sterling Metcalf Allen. Hola. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> come He's from far away to come to this day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. He may do that the whole episode. I don't know. I love it. There's um, no way we'll know. He's yeah. sitting in for our good friend, Louis Rodriguez, who's not feeling well tonight. He was in studio with us um, last night, actually. Well, for you, it'll be different. You know, time travelers, right? Time travel. Um, but anyway, uh, he, he helped us get all this set up, the, these nice comfy chairs that you see us sitting in if you're watching on video. If you're on audio, you just watch we're on still, video. We're still, we're still in nice comfy chairs in audio. Yeah, yeah. You just have to explain it to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll hear it in our voices. Yeah. We're That's way what... more calm <laughs> yeah. and relaxed. Right. You, you can feel the comfy in my voice, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> just warm. Tonight on EM Radio. Um, <laughs> right. That, that's exactly where my brain went. Across from Sterling, uh, you know him, you love him. He's probably everybody's favorite, I think. I would Pretty say sure. that out we're, loud. We're, um, <laughs> we're happy to have him back in studio. <laughs> the host of The Laughing Libertarian. I'll get back there one day. Alan McFarland. What's going on, everybody? I'm way too comfy. I can't go forward. I'm going to hit this microphone. Um <laughs> But, hey, it's what it's all about. So, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Seriously. Uh, you had a, had a few uh, hiccups, to say the least. Yeah, literally. <laughs> quite, quite a few hiccups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. My they, appendix tried to take me out, guys. Yeah. Try to take me out. My own body. <laughs> and, that, and that's a story we, if, if you're willing, tell a, a little bit in the family. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it in the okay, family okay, section. Okay, yeah. They're probably always yeah. wondering, they're probably all wondering why my face is so skinny. They're like. He's got the thing. <laughs> He's got the thing. He's got different the different thing. No, you don't have the thing anymore. It, you yeah. got the look. No, that's right. He was hanging around Charlie Sheen. That's it. Oh no, tiger, tiger blood, baby, yeah. tiger blood. Winning. <laughs> and speaking of winning, we have a guy returning that we always love having him here. He's the golden voice himself. Don Martyr. Hey, how's everybody doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're comfy. We're comfy. <laughs> and uh, he's going to bring the message for us tonight. And uh, uh, we got a title. We got a title. Well, we're, well, we're comfy. What's, what's that title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the title for our message tonight: Breaking the Walls Down. Ooh. Yeah. I think I think I reworded it 
uh, breaking uh, down the walls that yeah. works too. Yeah, because so. we're doing the same action. Yeah, <laughs> walls will be falling. Well, yeah, hey, walls look, are done. We, you know what? We actually did transpose. Yeah, oh, we gone. There Sweet. We go. There we fist go. Fist bump. Yes, sir. <laughs> we became a. We didn't get the fist bump on camera though, because the title's okay. still up. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one counts. I like it. That one counts. Yeah, I'm excited to bring the message. Uh, before we do that, though, you guys mind if I open in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. One sec. It. One sec. Sterling, fist no. bump. Oh, oh. <laughs> nope, closer, nope, not good. Phantom, eh, phantom, eh, phantom eh. fist bumps. <laughs> All right. You just have to ASMR it. Got I feel it. it. Yeah. Got it. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's my favorite noise. Yep. That and. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, prayer. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you so much for uh, bringing us together, Lord God, that we could uh, just continue to share your word and share your love. Uh, to everyone who might be listening to us, who might be watching us, Lord God, we ask that uh, this might be an opportunity for them to encounter you, Lord God, that they would have an opportunity uh, to see this as a light in the darkness, Lord God, uh, that we could represent, Lord God, your your heavenly kingdom, uh, that we could continue to share your message, the good news of Jesus Christ into people's lives, Father God. We thank you for your healing power. We ask that you would watch over uh, Louis tonight and that you would keep him safe, that you would heal him, Lord God, from head to toe. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the healing of uh, Alan and uh, that his uh, recovery is still going well. And we ask that you would just continue to be with us um, during our time together and that we could glorify you with our words, that we could glorify you with uh, the things that we spend our time with, Lord God. And above all, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who laid his life down on a cross for the forgiveness of our sin that we may have everlasting life in your kingdom. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Oh, uh, and just before you hop in there, yes, I sir. just want to make sure that everybody is following or subscribed uh, or sharing. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Uh, and, and then, you know, you know, make sure that you, what, Alan? You comment, 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 comment. And smash that like button. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. I don't. I don't get enough likes in real life. I got to get more online, on here, on here. Yeah, just like us. And stick around for the politics portion because we're going to talk about like UFOs and stuff. So that's right. You're going to see I, that. You know happen. what? I would love to have a conversation, and this is going to go down a very weird road. So I will leave it at this statement. I would love <laughs> to have a biblical conversation about UFOs. About aliens. Interesting. Yeah, yep. I would Let's love to do, do that it. Too. Yep. I am and I, I know I'm probably freaking some people out on the other end of this phone, but no, I, or on the other end of this camera, I mean, <laughs> sorry. But uh I think uh I think that would be a very interesting conversation to have. Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make arrangements and do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll make it the where that's the special episode and that's what we do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Just saying, it's gonna be bonkers. Be prepared. Be prepared. That's right. Like Scar. Who wasn't? He fell. Who was not? Was not not even close, <laughs> but he had years. He you know wasn't I mean? he ready. Had, he wasn't ready. <laughs> All right. Um, so breaking down the walls. All right. So um, quick anecdote um, and really the inspiration story for uh, our message tonight. I was over at um, some friend's house uh, a few weeks ago, and um, uh, if you didn't know this, uh, Alan and myself, uh, very avid. Uh, game players, uh, Josh Sterling. If you guys ever want to play a board game, we're down all the time. And I don't know, I don't know that we've ever had the conversation of like kind of what you guys do as far as like if you're gamers or not, or like I, I like party games, okay. but uh, that's about about where the extent of it is. Uh, okay, Sterling's more of the gamer. Okay, 
Perfect. I mean, Don, you and I created a game he likes, though. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare at Camp. Havenwood. Yeah. 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 I made I made a sign. I made a sign for it. I was. Oh, I dude, love that, that game. All right. Amazing. All right, dude. I do. I have it in my. I actually have it in my van right now. Anyhow, I digress. I apologize. Um, So I was at uh, some friend's house and uh, we were playing a a game called Castle Panic. And um, during the game, if you've never played Castle Panic, you have uh, a castle in the middle of the table or in the middle of the board, and then there's a wall on the outside of that, and then it's cooperative. Uh, You and the other players at the table are trying to defend your keep, and you've got all kinds of like monsters, orcs, goblins, all kinds of wizards and stuff like that coming in to Modern try day and, America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It does sound yes. very familiar. Yes. Um, there's Capitol <laughs> building right in there. Right. Um, so there's <laughs> these waves and waves of monsters that are, that are coming in mm. every turn. And the object is to just continue to def, uh, defend your keep. And I was like, you know, this this reminds me of, uh, and I didn't necessarily have this conversation at the table, but uh, just kind of held on to this idea in my head. It reminded me a lot of one of my favorite biblical characters, Joshua. And when Joshua walks around uh, the city of Jericho and um, destroys the stronghold of Jericho and the city of Jericho. Um, I got that song stuck in my head now. Yeah, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Mm-hmm. That one? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration for our... I don't know if you need your paper or not, but message. it kind of... I don't really. Okay. I don't really, okay. but we'll see. He's right. a pro. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about strongholds, um, specifically spiritual strongholds in our lives and what that translates to. Because I think that... Um, I think that the subject matter comes up, but the conversation tends to usually be a fairly uh, uh, shallow conversation, um, at least the ones that I've had with people. Uh, and it's something that uh, I think we all struggle with at some point in our life in dealing with like spiritual strongholds. Um, and I mean, I can say that in my life, there are some spiritual strongholds that I you know, have actually gotten a chance to learn a lot about and kind of how to defend myself against, or how to defend myself against them. So, I wanted to share that with you um, tonight. So, I'm going to try and stick with this because I know that I have a tendency to to kind of go off the rails a little bit. So, I'll try and stick to the we subject. We all do. Yeah, we all do. That's all right. And we we'll definitely have room for discussion and stuff like that. But um, so, the game uh, Castle Panic really just kind of inspired me uh, again with that story of Joshua and the city of Jericho and how. He was going into the promised land with the Israelites, and they were there to claim that land because it had been, you know, the reason it's called the promised land is because it was promised to them by God through the legacy of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, And so, of course, um, really what I want to talk about is what a stronghold is and how to tear those things down. And again, this is a lot of new information for me uh, that I've been doing a little bit of um, kind of uh, more surface level studying on and diving into, but it's definitely something that I personally want to continue to expound upon in my life. So um, our first verse here comes from Second Corinthians 10, and it's verses 3 through 5, and it says, uh, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the, wo- as the world does. The weapons we fight, excuse me, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension 
that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that set of verses, those three verses right there, really kind of encapsulates what I'd like to talk about tonight when it comes to strongholds and how to identify them and how to defend ourselves against them. So this is actually the only set of verses in the New Testament that refers to a stronghold, which I thought was kind of incredible. Um, but it's ta- uh, it's Paul talking to the Corinthians uh, again, you know, obviously Second Corinthians. So this is a second letter from Paul to them, uh, and just really talking about um, how we are to continue to wage war against those spiritual entities in our lives and in the lives of other people, right? And Paul, I love, uh, I en- I enjoy like war history and things like that. And there are a lot of things that Paul uses in his uh, epistles that that corroborate with war that I really identify, like when he, he talks about in Ephesians, he talks about the armor of God, and he talks about, you know, in Second Corinthians, breaking down strongholds and things like that. Like, I feel like if we had a conversation with Paul, he would be like one of those dads that's just consumed with World War II history, you know, that kind of, <laughs> like that kind of guy. So He's my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, again, this is the only time in the New Testament scripture uh, when it brings up strongholds specifically. So, uh, so when we think about a stronghold, you might think of like thick walls, high towers, a big gate, sometimes like a moat. You kind of think of like a castle, like what, what a castle would look like, right, is a stronghold. That's an example of a stronghold. Um, but when we're talking about a spiritual stronghold, um, what we're referring to is the resistance that we have in our hearts and in our minds to follow and seek the righteousness of God. Uh, and there is no stronghold that is mighty enough to not be torn down by the power of the Lord. So that's, I'm just going to put that out there as, this is the overall message for you. If you have a stronghold in your life, there is no stronghold that is mightier than the power of God. And we all deal with things that can build up to be a stronghold. Yeah. Um, and so whatever that might look like, this is an opportunity for you to kind of maybe learn some preliminary steps or some early steps in how to handle uh, those things. So uh, in the effort of breaking down this, uh, these mighty structures in our lives, uh, we should be focusing on a few things. So first of all, locating uh, where they lie in our hearts and in our minds. Secondly, what the process is to bring the walls down. And thirdly, uh, where our power can truly be found. So when we're searching in our hearts and in our minds for strongholds, uh, one thing we need to understand is there is a difference between a stronghold in your life and a sin in your life. So a sin is an action, whether it's passive or intentional, that goes against the laws of God and against uh, our own personal convictions, right? Because the word the word talks about how we can have convictions that when we set them as like I'm not going to do these things in obedience to God, when we go against that, we are, uh, you know, we're sinning against that conviction, right? A very quick example I can think of is years ago I was at um, uh, like a big youth rally thing, and they had a speaker up there, and he was talking about for himself. 
he had to step away from doing fantasy football because his time playing fantasy football and his obsession with fantasy football started to take over a lot of his mind and a lot of his heart. And he wasn't spending as much time in the word. He wasn't spending as much time with his family because he got so competitive. He was running five, six, seven different fantasy teams at a time. And he was very passionate about it. And then he realized he was taking things away. He was turning it into an idol. Mm. And so for him, fantasy football is something that can cause him to sin. And so in order to prevent that from turning into a stronghold, he closed the door on that sin and he repented and he turned away from it. And so that's kind of the that's kind of the difference between a sin and a stronghold in your life. As a sin, a sin is something that, say for example, um, I have had a bad day at work and uh, I just kind of start gossiping about somebody that I work with that's really irritating or maybe something that they do and it it starts to it starts to become a little bit more than just venting. When the Holy Spirit then convicts your heart and says, hey, that's not right. Because in my heart, I want to lead with grace. I want to lead with forgiveness for that person, right? And maybe they were having a bad day as well. You know, having that empathy and that compassion for people, right? So the Holy Spirit then says, hey, Don, that's not how we need to talk about people, right? That conviction is an opportunity for me to then say, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let me close the door on this sin. Let me repent ask for forgiveness, and move past it, right? That's a sin. When we, when we are going against our own personal convictions or when we're going against the law of God. Now, obviously, the Scripture says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's a difference between... Yeah, Romans 3.23. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a difference between um, being born into sin and then actively sinning, right? Um, however, a stronghold starts out as a sin, but it's something that we allow to sit there. It builds with a cornerstone usually. And to build up, correct. Like right. So when we're talking... versus a tree. Exactly. So when we're talking about strongholds, we're talking about things that we have allowed as a sin to come into our lives that we get comfortable with or maybe we find acceptance with. And I can say from a personal, personal conviction here, one stronghold in my life that came on very early and probably... I mean, very much before I really even knew what it was, but something that I have always struggled with as a stronghold in my life. And again, learning lessons through this um, really, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how to combat against those things and how to tear those things down. But like adult uh, movies and like pornography and things like that have been something that I've struggled with from a very young age, 12, 13 years old. Um, and it happened as a mistake, you know, but it's something that, and, and I was, when I was doing some research, I was listening to a a guy who was talking about strongholds and how strongholds get set up in your life. And one of the things that he talked about was a lot of times strongholds can come from like generational curses. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that my parents struggled from that, not to say that because of their struggle, I struggle because obviously that's something that I actively deal with I'm, I'm right there with you because actually i did it uh, the the dangerous temptation of lust that was one of my messages yeah and uh it, it was and i pointed it to, out to myself because the reason i went with that message is because that was the 
biggest thing that I have right. problem with is like I just I I have a problem even today I I I my my eye wanders a little bit and I and I have to keep trying to find that out because God always gives you an out like when you're going through one hundred percent you got to find that out like mm-hmm. whether it's a repeating a verse yeah or staring at your shoes yeah whatever you can do to divert yeah. your mind and I know that it's it's not a sin right in that moment because you're not necessarily maybe you're not even thinking about it right. But if you're if you pursue it's, it in any way in your that's heart, it. that's what makes it a that's sin. That's it. That is, it's the pursuit. It's the pursuit of that. Yeah. And then it's when it's when you've allowed that pursuit and you've allowed that sin to take foundation, right? Mm-hmm. To take foundation in your mind, to take foundation in your heart, to all of a sudden have value. Mm-hmm. You know, it's valuable to me. Why? Well, because in this situation, well, because you know, I want to feel some kind of way. I want to feel Don't passionate. Blame. I want yeah. to feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is strongholds are also tied to lies, right? That's really the basis of them, right? The prince of lies mm. puts these sins in our life. And when we respond one way or another, that it allows it to become a stronghold. That's really what these are based on, right? What's interesting is, and the gentleman that I was watching, um, and I'll make sure that I pull up the notes for you so that you can, if you want to tag the video and stuff that I yeah, kind of yeah. used. Yeah. Um, but the gentleman that I was watching um, and kind of doing some research with, he was saying uh, that what's interesting is it's not as much a lie full on, but it's a twisting of the truth. It's which, always half truth. Which is exactly. <laughs> so the example he used was like he was not good at school, mm. right? And he... Um, was kind of violent as a kid because he was frustrated about things, right? Sure. But he used that, or that was used as a stronghold in his life for him to think to himself, I'm worthless. I can't do anything. I have no purpose in life. The only thing I can do is fight. Though that is a truth in his life, or excuse me, though that is true, that is not the truth. Yeah, it's, it's based on a straw man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I thought that that was so interesting to think that we use these things to set up what would be an idol for us to say, what I want in my life is, you know, passion, right? Oh, well, what's the easiest way to get to passion? Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden that becomes valuable, right? But what is the truth? Not that. No. Definitely not. Fleeting, <laughs> you know, very fleeting. Yeah, absolutely. And and that 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 pays to everything that we allow mm-hmm. to come in and set itself up as a stronghold in our life, whether it's fantasy football or adult entertainment or spending time with your kids who are in band camp that takes you away from that from that time that you have with your Lord, right? And filling your time with whatever that idol is. And I don't mean like just idle time where you're just kind of sitting in meditation or in peace, but in idle, like I-D-O-L time, uh, right, and setting something up on a pedestal. Um, And so, you know, once we've identified where these strongholds are in our lives, we can understand that there is a process in bringing them down. So the act of tearing down a stronghold is a process. If you think back on uh, the story of Joshua, there was a process to Jericho falling. They didn't show up and say, Lord, strike them down, 
and then the city just fall apart. It was literally a step by step process. It was a it was literally a step by step process. Brick. The the Israelites, Joshua with priests. <laughs> it's and, no pun intended. Right. It really was a step it was. by step it was. process. So I'm so going <laughs> <home>. <laughs> don't go yet. So if you're not familiar with the story, Joshua and the Israelites walk around with the Ark of the Covenant, and they have, I think it's seven priests. I just listened to the scripture on my audio Bible on the yeah. way here. Uh, seven priests, and the seven priests are blowing trumpets, but no one is saying anything. It's the yeah. seven priests blowing trumpets, the Ark of the Covenant. They walk around the city one time for six days, and then on the seventh day, they walk around the city seven times. And then when the trumpets blow out a loud blast, everyone in the Israelite camp screams out, hollers out, and essentially the walls literally crumble right there. And now they have access to Jericho and they sack the city, right? And I believe it's Hagar, right, that is the only one, Hagar and her family yeah, yeah are the yeah. only ones who Same. lived. Yeah, because yeah, they were they were supposed they to the take... the spies that come in, came in to, to take Jericho. out everything yep. and, they, and they managed to... Right. Talk, talk about a name that's worse than a boy named Sue. <laughs> yeah, Hagar. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, she had a just Hagar, hey just a little different. Hey girl, <laughs> that's where it came from. I'm telling you, hey girl, what you say, girl? That's a country yeah. song in there. There you go. I think. Um, so what's interesting is, <laughs> sorry, Alan, the, he's, in, he's in torture right now. Right, he's, poor guy. All this hurts. All of it hurts. <laughs> just gets back in studio, put him in a comfy chair, and that's then just it. give him dad jokes. That's it. Oh. So what's interesting is come the, on heart attack. The process. <laughs> now you've already tried that a couple of times. So <laughs> uh, the process, right, for Joshua and the Israelites is simple. It's a simple process. Stop telling dad jokes. Wrong Stop Joshua. Tell, right, exactly. <laughs> Wrong Joshua. Sorry, you're right. Uh, it's a simple process. They walk around the city one time. Trumpets are playing. They go to their camp. They're done for the day. Yeah. Day seven, they walk around the city seven times. The trumpets blow a loud blast. The Israelites yell, and the walls literally fall. But at any time, Joshua could have deviated. He could have not walked around one day. He could have gone to a different city. Yeah. He could have just ignored the orders altogether and with millions of Israelites attacked the city. And millions of Israelites would have died because it was a, a fortified city. They had troops. They have gates. Their gates are barred. But in the simple act of just allowing the Lord's process to happen, the walls fell away. Faith. Yeah. And now all of a sudden this mighty stronghold of these people, this protection that they knew they had, that they sought so much faith in, crumbled before them. And that's exactly the process for us to break down the strongholds in our lives is just trusting the process that the Lord has. When, when we are approaching that to deviate away from it, right? Like yeah. Josh pointed out earlier, you know, the word says when we're, we will never be tempted beyond what we can handle. And the Lord will always give us an escape from that temptation, whether we choose to lean into that temptation or not is our decision, right? We choose the out, yeah. Yeah, if we choose the out, you know, for me, in my situation, if I'm tempted, 
the first thing I want to do is I want to open my Bible app. I want to turn my audio Bible on, sometimes as loud as I can. Drown it out. And yeah. just drown it out. Yeah. So that I know that the Word is being forcibly pushed into me if I need it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's it's something that I can allow to drown out what that enemy's message is, which is, this is what you want. And it's not, you know. Um, so what's incredible about this story is that the process, again, is very simple. It's very straightforward. And because the process dealt with being obedient to the Lord, the strongholds in our lives will continue to crumble. When we are obedient to the Lord's process, those strongholds will continue to crumble. So, when we're looking to bring our spiritual strongholds down, we need to combat the lies they protect with the truth of God, right? We need to subdue what we have elevated to a lofty height under the power and authority of the Word of God. So, Jesus says in John 8, 31, 32, and in 34 and 36, and this is really cool, that there's two types of freedom, right? The first type uh, is a freedom from sin and death. And the second type is a freedom of truth. I can read those to you real quick. Just got to flip over to that page. Oh, and the third type, there's the sound of freedom as well. The sound of freedom. Which is doing really well in the theater. If you haven't seen that movie already, I'm <laughs> I just... have not yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you have to emotionally prepare yourself. I tell people you have to emotionally prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it is a, a, a tough, tough to watch what the what the, the subject matter is, but... Um, you turned your head and that cough took a hard 90 to hit me in the neck. <laughs> hit it? Sorry. I was like, oh, come Sorry, on, bro. man. Sorry. So in John 8, uh, it starts out, and it says, uh, Jesus is talking to the Jews. And he says, to the Jews. Yep. He's, <laughs> yep. Talking to the Jews. The Jews. The Jews, for those of you who are <laughs> the Jews. Under, the, under the age of 35. Uh, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And wear small gloves. That's right. <laughs> and then in 34, 35, and 36, Jesus replies to the, to the Jews about them being set free when they're talking to him. He said, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. So in the second illustration, he's talking about freedom from sin and death because the Son is the source of our freedom from sin and death. And then the truth is our freedom in battle. Because if you think about what the truth is, the Word of God, right? It's also illustrated later on in Ephesians when Paul talks about it being the sword of the Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a double-edged sword that cuts both ways. Right, so we're combating against these strongholds, but how do we combat with them? Well, we have to combat with them with the truth. We have to combat with them with the Word of God. 
right? We don our armor to protect us, but when we're combating, we're not worried about protection as much because we've already got our armor on. We're worried about battle. And so we're battling against these strongholds with the Word of God. And so what's interesting is when I think about strongholds, when I think about the Word of God, another person that I think about is King David. You know, he lived, he lived in a palace. He, he, had, he had a heart that God called a man of his own heart. Right, he was a fallible man, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, he was a murderer. He was an adulterer. <laughs> he's just, nasty. He's nasty. He's nasty. That's, that's right. But what's what's interesting is when he is convicted, he is repentant. Mm-hmm. He knows, even with sending out Bathsheba's husband to be killed so that he doesn't feel bad about what he has done, and he is confronted, he is immediately repentant. And what's crazy to me is to think about when David, so the the Bible as a whole has over 50 references to strongholds, or the word stronghold is used. David was one of the first persons I thought of outside of Joshua when it came to strongholds, because he uses that phrase in like every other psalm. Like there are so many psalms, there's so many stories with Samuel in his time as king that he uses the phrase uh, stronghold. But what's interesting is when we compare what a stronghold built on the foundation of sin is versus what David's talking about, David never says, I have a stronghold and the Lord is within it. The Lord is with me in my stronghold. He never says that. What does he say? He says, the Lord is my stronghold. <laughs> yeah. He says, the Lord <laughs> is my stronghold. And what's incredible to me, and, and this is what, you know, to go that next level of the process, if you will, or that obedience to God, is to think that when you allow God to be your stronghold, there is nothing that can come against you. Um, one of my life verses is Psalm 27, and it starts out with, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If the Lord is your stronghold, there is no enemy that can overpower you. If the Lord is your stronghold, there is nothing that can come against you. David talks about in a lot of different psalms. He nasty. His, his, <laughs> he, nasty. <laughs> he talks about his sorrow. He Hashtag talks about his right. He talks about his grief. He talks about how he feels like at times the Lord is far from him. But what's so wild is that in those same psalms, in those same songs to God, that same worship he immediately identifies that it's really his weak flesh that feels that way, and he immediately repents, and he immediately calls upon the Lord. He calls him his Savior. He calls him his Deliverer, and he calls him his Stronghold. 
And if the Lord is your stronghold, you have nothing to fear. Yeah, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So many songs. That's it. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and 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 really, like that's what I wanted to share. I know that's kind of a, it's a bit more of a preview. There's probably a lot of things that you can really deep dive on. There's a lot of things that I want to do my own personal deep dive on with that sort of thing and combating against those strongholds and allowing them uh, to you know be broken down and be taken down from that lofty place. And it's funny, too, because I also think about, like, how when you think about the history of the Israelites, right, they had a ton of strongholds coming out of Egypt. Mm. They were in slavery for 400 years, and they had false gods that they knew about. Mm -hmm. Some of them may have even worshipped at some time or another. Uh, They had separation from the people that they were in bondage under because in the Egyptian law, you could not sit with a Hebrew at your table. You, they, they had their own city. You know, they were in Goshen and a couple of other smaller cities in, you know, in the Egypt area yeah. because they weren't allowed to commune with the people that they were in bondage under. And so I know sometimes as believers, we can read through the book of Exodus and we can go, gosh, these people don't get it. But it's like, right. Why? Because they've allowed these strongholds to continue to sit in their heart and to sit in their mind, and that's where their precedence comes from. That's where their understanding comes from. And it's easy for us to be judgmental on this side of grace and salvation. Yeah. You know, but you're also talking about a people who found freedom in eventually the sacrificial system of the Mosaic Law. Right? But that wasn't given to them until they were far out of Egypt and walking the desert. You know, and so it's it's really cool to think about just how through that obedience to God, right? And then if if you are searching for that power and that authority to be able to take over those strongholds in your life and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you that is by all means the way and there's no special process or prayer that you have to say Mm -mm. to accept Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior and if there is one stronghold that you can defeat with that simple obedience it's the stronghold of death and sin the sincerity of giving yourself over that's it that's it so that's it. Just breaking down walls, man. <laughs> well, you know what I found interesting in that, uh, as, as far as like the walls of Jericho and yeah. then like, and then the correlation between that and, um, you're out. You, you, you yeah. use the Bible verses to listen to. Now, um, follow me here. Cause this yeah. is, this is how my, my brain I'm works. With you. Right? Okay. I'm with you. So I'm too far. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love I've already the journey. Lost so, right. uh, so God created everything. Yes. Yeah, so he created physics. He yep. understood that the uh, the trumpets were vibrations. Yep. And if they were the correct vibrational patterns, which he already created ahead of time, he knew that those horns were going to, when they blew, uh, that they were going to blow at the correct vibration, which would probably match the exact vibrations of those stones. Yeah. And after so much of the, those uh, trumpets being blown, mm-hmm. eventually those rocks would go, oh, 
I'm going right. to have to not be here anymore because right. this vibration is matching me. Yep. Kind of like uh, for the for those who are fans of the Flash, they just see he watching yeah. phases because he has the same vibrations, right? Yeah, uh, but that that is that is physics. That is a real yeah, like science and yeah. and God coming together. Yeah. But what I found interesting about that is the fact that you talk about the word going into you mm-hmm. forcibly if need be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh well, I mean, when you're listening to it being read to you, yeah, that's the vibration of that voice, whether it be a a, a, a robot voice or whatever. It's yeah. still a vibration, it's still resonating. Yes. Yeah. And then now you're absorbing it in two ways. Yeah. Both the the word as it as it is in black and white and yeah or sometimes red um, yeah. <laughs> and with the verbal right where it's vibrating literally yeah. into you yeah and allowing you that peace yeah to get out of the situation yeah you're in so where my brain just went as well since we're on this journey together. Yeah. Is when the word talks about, yeah, <laughs> you guys have a great night. We're, we're losing them. We're getting too nerdy. Right. No, but when the word talks about how even the rocks will cry out to him. Yes. When you sing, you create vibrations. Mm-hmm. Rocks have a vibration. They have, like, they have a physical vibration. See, everything in existence actually. That's actually, what I'm yeah, saying. Vibrates at a certain frequency. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's all I'm we're, saying. It's yeah. You know, we are actually made of vibration. We're right. not that. We're not. We, we only are, perceive we are it. fluid. We are. We feel solid, but we're actually fluid because of the uh, the constant vibration. Yeah. yeah. And we we perceive perceive it that way. It's uh, it's insane, but it's like it's all yeah, it's it, the atoms. Yeah. Kind of do this. Thing. But yeah. but physics actually does match perfectly yeah. with what the Bible's got going on, man. Yep. It's 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 crazy. God saw it all ahead of time. Yeah. And he was just like, just wait and see. Like every time they're like, oh, no, God, we got this. And he's like, just wait and see. Yeah. I heard, <laughs> I heard a comedian say, uh, and this will uh, wrap up anything I have to say from this point on. But uh, I, I heard a comedian say one time that uh, in science, you know, our, our atoms, like essentially our atoms are free floating, right? Mm-hmm. Like one atom next to another atom, there is space there, Right. Yeah. And the fact that we don't pass through a chair, when scientists ask, like, well, how come if I have atoms that have space in between and this chair has atoms that have space in between, how we don't just pass through? And scientists are like, no idea. <laughs> like, right, right. No idea. Magic. I don't know. Don't ask me. But it's some kind of quantum entanglement. I don't know. Right? It's like that's the only words that's we weird. have for it yeah. as of current understanding. Yeah. It's just crazy. But it's still... You know, God's yep. got it. God, he know he already knows. We'll get there. We're dumb. We're not. We're not. We haven't lived. Yeah. For all of time. Right. And be before it. All of time. Right. All of time. Yeah. I don't like olives. Your family here. You don't, don't like, like olives? No, I'm not an olive time. <laughs> Sterling really? got it. <laughs> you don't like olives? How do you not like olives? What does that wrong with you? They're awful. I'm sorry. That's a tangent. That we went on. <laughs> They're like, awful. Wow. That's so much for giving him an olive branch. <laughs> he'll take the branch, but he won't eat anything. No, he'll he'll never look at an olive and say, "I love you." No, not a, not at all. <laughs> Any kind of olive? Just, no, uh, I don't like olives. Just in general, <laughs> none of them. None of them. <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna stop. I don't even I'm like stop. At least, at, at least he didn't stop. say it was like it's only the green ones or only the black ones or something like that. Because yeah. then I then I would have. Uh, I would have leaned into like oh, that's, that's race, racist. Yeah, that's why I stopped. Yep. Yeah. And then when it got woken here, and then everybody would have stopped watching. That's right. 
Yeah, it's fair. We're not those people. Yeah, no, not today. <laughs> this is not the podcast. I hate like all oil. olives. I hate all. I am discriminatory <laughs> against every olive. On a tree, I'm not. I a love. Jar, I don't care. All olives matter to me. So, oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, mm, nice. <laughs> Y'all nasty. Uh, and and all olive oil, dude. When you yeah, put o- uh, the olive oil on a steak, see, yeah. I'm fine I'm with you. I'm fine with some olive oil. I just don't like olives. Mm. Can't do it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah we heard you the first time. I hate olives. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you do like the oil that they produce. Starting to come in clear now. Yeah, yeah. kind of like the Middle East. <laughs> don't necessarily like the Middle East. Okay, perfectly fine with the oil they produce. Yes. Okay, give me, give me. I need to fuel my truck. There you go. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, so uh, I was thinking like um, in, in the family portion, since we're we're pretty much already in there now. Yeah. Right. Uh, how are we doing on time, Ryan? Okay. So yeah, we're, we 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 got very short amount of time. We're knee deep in it. It's going to go like, <laughs> I mean, I guess we can go, we can go OT, right? We can probably go OT. Everybody good with going OT? No. <laughs> All of man's it, it really does All depend of time. On, Olive time is not happening. <laughs> it really, it really depends on how, uh, how you're feeling, Alan. Because you know, so I'm, I'm being mindful of that. Just I'm speak fine. Speak up very so fast. I was thinking uh, new beginnings. New beginnings would be new a good beginning. Yeah, and so uh, for me, my 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 story on that would be very very short, and the fact that um, it's what's going on here in the studio, because every time. Uh, uh, of great we've graced this studio it's been another new beginning for me like it's another like it's another new lesson that i've taken away like even when i've brought the lesson i've taken away something with it and it's given me this whole new thought process the way to look at the world the way to take in every uh everybody's uh input um just every, everything it's 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 weird how an uh, hour and a half or more uh, a week can really like change perception to where like I get along with people. I mean, I was always get, get along with people just fine. I'm a people person, but um, they won't turn the cameras around. <laughs> they're, they're fake news. Um, <laughs> but a better understanding of people, if that makes sense, like being able to look at someone and go, Oh, well they're, they're making my life hard right now, but it might be because of what they're going through that like stuff like that would have not have occurred to me as much as before we started this right here. Hey, you let me stay <laughs> deeper understanding. <laughs> Sorry. I made your life difficult for a day. Jeez, man. No, no difficulty at all. <laughs> um, and, and I guess that probably leads us right into to what, what, a new beginning that you had here recently, Alan. What new beginning? You're not dead. I'm not dead. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, uh, my appendix kind of decided it was done, and I waited way too long. Um, so it was it was pretty close. Uh, a couple hours away from me not being here. Uh, I was I was uh, septic and all that good stuff. So I was in the hospital for quite a while. Uh, when I came home, I, I've really just, I don't know. I don't know if you guys out there feel this way, but. Uh, Didn't something happen at the hospital? Was it? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm on Jesus squad now. That's right. But uh, thanks to these guys. Um, not love, only, not I, only. I say we love you. 
I love you guys too. I mean, I really couldn't make it through. Um, I'm a kind of person that, you know, usually my body's strong, so I'm, I'm cocky and I'm confident. And, uh, but when my body's not right, I'm, I'm broken. And I don't know how many of you guys are like that. I don't know how many of you out there are like that, but it's just something that, uh, you know, I, I try to stay strong and I try to be the, the people you, the person you see every single week. Um, these guys see it a lot more often and I'm sorry about that. Uh, but I try to be, you know, clever and witty and, and, uh, just full of, full of, uh, bravado if I have to use that word again, but you know, I, I just, I was broken emotionally, physically. Um, and I'm not going to say that's what it took for me to go ahead and, and, uh, bring Jesus into my life and into my heart. But it was really like I told Don, you know, I'm not the kind of person, um, I thought it was kind of tacky. I think it's kind of tacky when I see people at their last breath, you know, say, I want to, I want to go ahead and, and accept Jesus. And I want to do this. And I want to do that when they know that it's the 11th hour. And, and that's not, that's not me. You know, this is something that I've, I've thought about. Obviously we've talked about, we've talked about this a lot. A lot. Um, and I was like, you know what? It was the simple fact that I was sick on a Monday and I was sick on a Tuesday and I actually started feeling better. And on Wednesday, I was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting better. Yeah. But something that morning said, you know, just that, a voice in my head. And like I said, I felt better, but it said, um, no, something's not right. Go to the, go to the hospital. And I'm the, I'm not the kind of person who's going to go to the hospital, but I went and they literally told me that they needed a couple of hours for anesthesia, but I did not have those hours. I did not have two hours left. And, um, Man, I mean, at, at the time, it didn't have that impact. I didn't think about that. I mean, I drove myself there. I stood in line. I felt like I was fine. But it was a simple fact that something, something, yeah, something, someone greater than myself, right. not, not my intellect, because my yeah. intellect said, eh, you're fine. Don't you're go good. to the hospital. Yep. And, right. and uh, uh, well, you got your answer when I, when I, when I came by to visit. When I said, when something, you hear something. But people say it all the time. You hear something saying something. Still small. It's yes. It's God. That's God talking to you. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. And that's what, you know, it really yeah. kind of it hit me, right? Like how many times has that happened in my life? A couple of times, several times maybe. And this time it was my life was on the line. And I didn't even know it. I had no clue. I wasn't drowsy. I wasn't out of it. I didn't know I was septic. I didn't know I was close to death already. And you know, and they they run my blood screens and they come back and they're like, you know, if it was just your appendix, you'd be back home tomorrow. But uh, you're you're bad. It's bad, and uh, and not, again, no clue. And my own my own, st- you know, not being humble, not being very humble, I would have just passed away at home and not even known it was happening. I would have went to sleep and not woke up. Um. So I mean, it's again not because this is the eleventh hour. I was fine by the time we had our conversation and. And I accept Jesus and, you know, and things like I accepted Jesus and things. And, um, but I really, you know, I, I do it as a way of, how do I say this? Everyone knows, everyone here knows I, I believed in God. I just had an issue with trying to accept Jesus. Right. That was, yeah. that was kind of my thing. And I do it as a, as almost like a tip of the hat. Like I, I accept Jesus and I appreciate, I, I appreciate this chance. Right. I, I appreciate this new beginning. I appreciate yeah. um, having this opportunity. And so I want to make the most of this opportunity. Um, so that's been kind of what's been going on at the 
Laughing Libertarian camp is just healing and um, change. Change on at the physical level. You can probably see I'm smaller. Um, but that's, that is what it is. Uh, and on the emotional and on the spiritual level. And I think um, all of it is fantastic. So, Yeah, and, and I would have never known either because, I mean, I, I knew you were sick because I, I – I mean, I stopped by Alan's house the, that night before he went to the hospital. He was like, I, I need a few things. I was like, I'll, I'll go get, I'll get it. Because I'm, I'm right down the street, so it's, it's really no big deal. That was and, tremendous. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, anytime. Because you, know, uh, you you did the same for me when I had the vid, so. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that Pedialyte was like, that was my savior. <laughs> I held onto that bottle with both hands. Um, but uh, I, I go to drop off. Uh, a few things and he's like how much do I owe you and he's trying to hand me cash and I could just he's covered in sweat and I was just like I don't want it whatever that is I don't want it here <laughs> yeah he was like he's like uh, did you touch that money because uh, you, <laughs> you can keep it yeah he was just like get better get, just, yeah, just my get payment well. is you getting better yes yeah. um, and then when I got out like you know it was it was weird because again I'm not I wasn't physically you know 100 100% and, and I was kind of traumatized I'm not gonna lie it was actually you know I'm I'm not, the, I, I try to, I come off tough and I do all this stuff and I, and you know, normally I, I am, but I was so broken and traumatized that like, I couldn't be in my house by myself. Like I just looked at my house as a tomb because I realized I almost died there. So like I walk in there and there's no warm, cozy feelings. It's, this is a cold building that I was going to die in and I no longer wanted to be there. And, um, so Josh and his wife, uh, open their home to me. Actually, I don't think I, they didn't really open their home. They kind of dragged me out <laughs> uh, of my house and, and brought me to theirs. Um, Everything but carry you. Yeah. 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 them with olives. They were like, ah, they threw olives in my house. And I was like, I have to leave now. <laughs> he goes, I hate, I hate those. I got to get out of here. Oh man. <laughs> I'll live somewhere else. Oh, nice. like Welcome it. to the dad joke band. <laughs> like so they, they brought me here and, um, uh, you know, I was a wreck. I was an emotional wreck. I was having anxiety attacks and, um, I threw up on their floor. I felt horrible about that. It's really no big deal. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I just, I they can't. got hardwood floors, right? so it's yeah, easy to clean. Easy yeah, to clean. So, and, and he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you're getting better. Yeah. yeah. That's it's all like, you've got. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was something I'll never forget. And I truly appreciate that. And, you know, and Don came and saw me a couple of times. I know you came and saw me and Don came and saw me. And, um, you know, that was the funniest thing. I went and saw a doctor and the doctor was like, well, the, the hiccuping, I kept, I kept hiccuping. I kept having anxiety attacks and hiccuping, which was very, very strange. I've had anxiety attacks before. And I, you know, it just, the weird, strange, like hiccuping, uh, wouldn't stop. And Don came in and, uh, he gave me a big old hug. I, I just remember I was laying in my hospital bed and he just leaned over and he, he prayed over me and gave me a hug and the hiccups went away. And so it was really kind of funny when I went to see the doctor, the doctor saying, Oh, well you have a hernia. Uh, hernias can cause hiccuping. And I'm like, I've had a hernia for 10 years, yeah. you know, since I played sports and the doctors just literally told me if it doesn't bother you daily, don't worry about it. As soon as it starts to bother you, fix it. And so this doctor's telling me, well, 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 you know, it's this, this, and this, and this. it's gotta be that. And I said, okay, well, if that's the case and it's not, you know, it's my hernia or if it's, or, you know, you're, you're trying to say the physical problem. And she's a doctor. She's looking at the physical side of my body, right? Yeah. And I said, why is it that when my best friend gave me a hug, the hiccups went away? Yeah. I was like, this is anxiety, doctor. This is, this is something that, that's beyond the physical realm, unless we're talking about the chemicals. And, of course, you can call that yeah. physical. Well, I, and, and I know that they went away for a few minutes here and there when Lou and I were there visiting, too, because 
Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I joke that he was just doing his best RFK impression. And so... Oh, <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, that was bad. I was then, having... Once he was laughing, it, it kind of went away for a while. I had like I had anxiety attacks like 22, 23 hours a day. It's just this hiccuping so much that would like lock me up and I couldn't breathe. And it was so, it was surreal. And for her to look at me and be like, no, it's this. And I'm like, then why is it when, when my best friend came and gave me a big old hug, I, I just stopped. Why? Can you explain that? And she just kind of looked at me strangely and I'm like, okay, so can we venture into something else now? Like the vibes, man. Like, you know, I just, the, the love from all my friends and, you know, my family and, and stuff like that was just, it was just there and I can feel it. So, um, yeah, a, a small, small mess on my floor was a, was a nice price to pay to watch you get well. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah. As soon as I threw up, I stopped hiccuping and then we were able to like kind of hang out for a little bit. So fell, fell asleep watching some guardians galaxy. Yeah, man. I did. I got to finish <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I love you guys. I truly appreciate you. Um, I appreciate everyone out there. Uh, I, you know, I'll don't, don't take this super soft side of me as uh is an end to my my witty little clapbacks and things like that. But uh, I'm I'm definitely humbled and I'm and I'm definitely very appreciative. No, uh, see, this makes you stronger now because now when you go to battle, there's this there's this extra piece called Christ, and he's he's hanging it's out. Bi- it's a big piece. It's the biggest piece. <laughs> it's a big piece. His daddy's God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, that you're just going to, you're just going to find so much more strength in the, and through that your, and your sovereignty comes through that too. The, the, your freedom, uh, from yourself actually, mm-hmm. like from ego and all that. Yep. So like actually your, your witty comebacks and all that, uh, th- that only gets better because now you're, you're, now you're having to think about new ways to do that. And so it just sharpens that iron that much more, that much more. It's hard to top that story, though. I mean, I don't know if anybody else can follow it, but you know, uh, but we're welcome to uh, try if anybody else wants to do another. I, mean, I don't want you guys story. top me. That's one I, I don't. The only thing I can say is, is, is no, definitely love for Alan for you specifically. He was always rooting for you in your corner, so now he's up for bat. So take that how you will. That's I all. Like I, that. That's all I always imagine. That, yeah. He's always there. You know, hey, um, yeah. but now he'll. He'll take up the bat for you. Which the greatest part about that is the fact that Alan has absolutely no hand-eye coordination when it comes to swinging a baseball bat. Never mind. <laughs> he will shoot the basket. <laughs> <laughs> He'll dribble no, the ball. No, that's a great analogy because oh, Alan yeah. definitely okay. cannot swing a bat and hit oh, so anything. Then, yeah, so, yeah. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Not good well, at that. Power is in his hands. Yeah. He's. I've. I've. I've never seen. Uh, I won't say never. I haven't seen a lot of people that had Alan's hustle on the court, um, or when we played flag football and stuff like that. But I cannot tell you the stories <laughs> of watching him try and swing at a tennis ball the day before, or no, I it was and the day it up. was an hour of your an hour before your wedding. We were in the yeah. gym of the church, and we had a wiffle ball bat, and and oh my gosh, yeah, we they had to take all the they, they had to take oh, all yeah. the uh, the it pictures was, of all the ladies, so all of us guys had to go be entertained, yeah. and yeah. I was the entertainment apparently. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it and, was and everybody's going, how are you such an, an athletic person, but you cannot you even swing a something bat. with a bat? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so great. I'm the other end of the spectrum, Alan. So this, is, this is where, like, that's where I shine. I yeah. can, I could swing a bat Same. all day long. Same. I played so baseball good. for so many years and just like, I was like, oh, Alan's going to, he's going to kill this. And he it. swung so hard <laughs> to try and kill that ball. And it was just like, and I went, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I can take a basketball and put it in a hole smaller than the basketball. No problem. Yep. No problem. Yep. But yeah, you throw something to me with a, anything that's an extension of my hands. Once yeah. it goes past my hands, like nah, I'm good. Yeah. Well, to go along with that that metaphor that he's he's built so well, actually, um, the fact that Jesus is going to bat for you. Well, since you can't do it, it's going to make it even better because yeah, yeah, exactly. we, know, we know Jesus got good hand-eye coordination because he was cracking whips and flipping tables That's when they it. were in front of the, the temple. It. So if you can crack a whip, dude, you got some good hand-eye coordination because it. it, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, he's obviously got good hand coordination because he put the stars and the planets. and the, He made yeah. you. Physics. I like where you're at. I like where you're at, Sterling. It's pinpoint accuracy. Like. Pinpoint accuracy. He's a deep thinker. Yeah. So deep. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of deep, well, uh, what else do you want to yeah. talk about, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Are we already yeah. up for that? We I ready? Don't know. I don't know. I think we're I think we're about time. Did I talk a lot? I'm sorry. No, no you're, you're absolutely fine. I was making no, I was just making up for all that not being dead. <laughs> we'll talk a lot. Yeah, we appreciate we appreciate that part. That's good, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. That. I'm, I'm glad that we could give you the space to do that. To not be dead? Yeah. <laughs> nah. yes. And to talk about it. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, talking about it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Speaking of space. Warmer oh, than room temperature. That's what Yeah. Oh. Speaking of space, it brings us to our first article. It's coming from Fox News. They're a little iffy these days, but they did have this article. UFO whistleblower testifies his life was threatened over secret alien tech retrieval. Ooh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In space, you don't hear the whistle blowing. <laughs> in space, your whistle won't be heard. <laughs> Only if he knows the Clintons. Um, <laughs> so, uh, UFO whistleblower David Grush testified under oath. His life was threatened, and he was instructed to keep quiet about a secret government-run crashed UFO retrieval program. Grush added that he knows colleagues who were injured while uh, reverse engineering UFO tech by, quote, people, wink, wink, um, within the government. Grush, Ryan Graves, uh, uh, Grush, Ryan Graves and David Fravor uh, answered lawmakers' questions during Wednesday's House Oversight Committee hearing <laughs> words are hard sometimes, uh, which highlighted decades of alleged government secrecy over UFOs now referred to as unidentified anomalous phenomenon. UAPs. Um, I quote, is, in, is, <laughs> is there not a single thing this particular regime won't change the name of? <laughs> I was going to say, I think they changed the name of UFOs to UAPs like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, yeah. when they had like all of the, like, concealed top secret documents from like 60 years ago or whatever, finally get released for public consumption. Okay. With, and and with it actually was a unidentified aerial phenomena then, yeah. but uh, I don't know what this, uh, why they change it to anomalous. That's kind of, oh. it can be it, anywhere. It's, it's it can be made of anything. Because they don't know who's flying it. Well, it could be light. It could be light. It could be all kinds of, it could be all kinds of forms of matter. It, it could right? be oh, you said anomalous, not yeah, anomalous. anonymous. Yeah, anomalous. <laughs> yeah, it's anomalous. <laughs> like, who's behind that wheel? It's, 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 no it, idea. No it, idea. I'm like, it's, it's like, possibly gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name Swamp is gas. Green Alien. Yes. Uh, you know, and then they say, you "Hi, Green Alien. Greenie. Welcome to Aliens Anonymous." <laughs> yeah, that's it. They meet every uh, Thursday. That's it. <laughs> so they got a quote here In from the church basement with coffee and cookies. Usually. <laughs> 
uh, from Grush. Uh, he said, I can't get into the specifics in an open forum, but of course, right? You can't get into specifics. It's a little, it was well, a little UFO. What, what I personally witnessed myself <laughs> and my wife was very disturbing. Um, what? His, yeah. His wife is disturbing? <laughs> That's what I got out of yeah. My wife was very what disturbing. What I witnessed was, well, and my wife, ooh, <laughs> disturbing. Hey, it's the way I read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, faced <laughs> I faced brutal, unfortunate tactics um, of, of retribution that he called administrative terrorism. Um, he also said that government, the, the government absolutely has UFO tech and, quote, biologics of, quote, non-human origins since the 1930s and knows the exact locations where they're being held. This sounds like... Um, uh, in uh, uh, Independence Day. In, in yeah, Independence Day, yeah. Uh, but Grish said that uh, he couldn't divulge specifics in, o- in an open forum because there's, op- there's an open whistleblower reprisal program case against him, but he told lawmakers he can detail them... Uh, in a classified setting. Uh, Graves, a former F-18 pilot with uh, over a decade of service in the U.S. Navy, so that gives him some credibility there, uh, I would say, uh, described his firsthand account and run-ins with UAPs, including the object's abilities to accelerate, hold position against uh, hurricane force winds, and uh, outlast U- U.S. fighter jets. So that's pretty darn amazing. Just balloons. That's all it was. Yeah. Bunches and bunches it's of just, balloons. That's it. It's weather balloons and swamp I, gas. You know, I still want to know when the balloon fell in the ocean and they were like, ah, the salt water is going to destroy everything that we could get off of this. I'm like, I, I have a question. <laughs> it's something. How, how do we have balloons, UAPs or whatever, falling into the ocean and dissolving, but we can't take out balloons from actual China? Without some sort of provocation, like I don't get it. I, I want to know what balloon dissolves in salt water. We don't think we can save it. The salt water is going to destroy it. It's a wafer balloon. Yeah, right. <laughs> it lands and it's just goes paper. foams out. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is a science experiment. What we can do? Uh, we can go to Dollar Tree. We can get a salt shaker, uh, a balloon, and a glass water from the tap. We throw some salt in there. Make it make it make it into salt water. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking of Sterling. And Dump in the balloon. Yeah, rice paper with a candle was actually what it was. It was, <laughs> it was a bunch of little yes. lanterns. Was it on the 4th of July? That's that's the real question. Was it like, oh, it's hit the jet stream. What are we going to do about the fly, the little lantern with a camera on the bottom? Special <laughs> holiday. Now that we're Send going. in the F-35s. We've got to take it down. But uh, the, 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 uh, the maneuverability, that's what's as amazing to me the, of, the, of these craft that are they're explaining it's like he says that they're definitely not human well can you give something like do they have like i don't know scales or you know like what makes them not human are they shorter in, in stature are they they extremely tall like what do they have do they have limbs that are um you know way too long and for for to be a human like do they look like britney griner i i don't know <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, so, I I have trouble with the 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 whole alien thing. I mean, I there's part of me that's like, oh, there could be some life out there. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't negate anything that I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot out there for there to be an opportunity for life. Yeah, 
And I mean, who's to say that God only created humans as far as beings go? Cause I mean, once again, vibrations and atoms and all that kind of stuff. And but what do we really know? Um, but the fact that they came all this way and we're just picking them apart with salt water, as you said, Alan. Yeah, geez. Um, have you not seen signs? I mean, water's their weakness. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. Cup of water, Darn right? It, Sterling, I was just literally about to ask that question. And maybe that's where uh, M. Night got the got the idea. He, he he's met, he he's met, seen real ones. Yeah. He watched yeah. the balloon fall. Ah! You know. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine coming through the atmosphere and accidentally crash landing in an ocean, knowing that salt water kills you? (laughs) We made it. No. (laughs) Let's go to that planet. It looks looks uh, healthy, and then uh, it's it's covered in seventy percent water. That kills us, sir. Right. Uh, That's that's okay. okay. Or like freshwater. We'll hide behind bushes. They'll never know. Not a problem. (laughs) They'll. Or they just completely miscalculated and thought it was freshwater. Yeah. Thought it was all freshwater. Yeah. We are intelligent. That's it. Genesis chapter 6. That's all I'm going to say. Genesis chapter 6. You can't just leave me hanging like that. Read, okay. read, read all some, right, read some. Right. Genesis chapter 6. Drop it like a song. And this is, you know, the subject matter for a future message is, this is where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord God, or the Lord said, my spirit will be or will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children with them, and they were the heroes of old, men of renown. Oh yeah, okay. That is that is that is going to be a good discussion for later. <laughs> But I want to I want to save it for the future pod. That's fine. Save that's it for fine. the future pod because that yeah that's that, fine. That is you good. Can, you can just cut that and put that like the preview. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely use that as the preview for yeah. sure. Because we'll, that that'll be a rich discussion. Yeah. Just on that alone. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of rich I'm trying discussions, trying to cough on your neck again. Yeah, you like you like boomeranged, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, Ugh, and it was just, it came around and yeah. smacked me in the back of the neck. And I was like, yep. I know what that breeze is. <laughs> That's a martyr breeze. That's it. <laughs> we have a, we have a publication for our second story that I've, okay. I've never heard of this publication before, but I, I happened to find this story and I thought, yeah, how interesting. Talk about interesting conversations. It's coming from Hollywood in Toto. This is the name of the publication. Ice cube on refusing COVID jab. It wasn't ready. Um, now, in my mind, I, I I read it. It wasn't ready, but <laughs> that's not obviously it's not how more he said like it. wasn't ready. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, that's a pretty good sure. cube there. That's a pretty I'm good bad. cube. Try yeah. to get the eyebrow. Like, yeah, you know he yeah. does. Yeah, it was almost round, but yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Where, where did, I, did I lose my place? Uh, imagine starting at a nine million dollar uh, job, nine million dollar job offer, and saying. Thanks, but no thanks. That's what rapper, actor, producer, that's, that's a long list of uh, cool things that he does, Ice Cube did during the COVID-19 pandemic. The star refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine, a prerequisite for starring in a comedy called Oh Hell No, alongside Jack Black. Hollywood made such decisions uh, mandatory, forcing many to the un- unemployment lines. Uh, how we know uh, exact Now we know exactly why he made that choice. 
he shared his reasoning with Tucker Carlson as a part of a, uh, the former uh, Fox News host's Twitter-based talk show. Uh, Tucker on uh, Twitter, which is, I think it's going to be changed now to t- Tucker on X because Twitter has changed his name. And that's a story. We'll, we'll tackle that next week because that's pretty cool. And I think Alan will have a good conversation with that. Uh, anyway, Carlson recalled the incident in question, part of a, a wide-ranging interview in which uh, Ice Cube um, <clears throat> burn, uh, burnished? That's a, that's a new word for me. His submersive bona fides uh, and expressed disappointment that President Barack Obama did little to lift up the black community. That's fair. Um, the two bantered and laughed, and eventually Carlson uh, brought up the so-called jab and the uh, the gig cube turned down. At the time, Hollywood in, uh, insisted every uh, working performer and cast member get vaccinated regardless of medical history, past COVID uh, in, uh, infections, uh, or other objections. Um, quote, why wouldn't you take the vax? This is Carlson talking. Uh, you had a direct order to take it. You were told to take it, Carlson noted. Um uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not real good with direct orders. Cube said before the question uh, <laughs> on his interviewer, "Did you take it?" Uh, of course not," said Carlson, um, laughing alongside Cube. "It wasn't ready." Cube answered. Uh, "It was six months, kind of a rush job, and it was called warp speed, by the way, guys." Uh, and he goes, "And I didn't feel safe, uh, but they, they, but they told you you were safe." Carlson noted. I know, <laughs> I know the, what they said, and I heard them. I heard them uh, loud and clear, but it's not their decision. There's no repercussions if they're wrong, but I can get all the repercussions if they're wrong. He turned down a $9 million job. And it was like, I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, what, what's the price tag that they were willing to pay? Because mm-hmm. I... I told my boss um, when everything kicked off before they ever even started the vaccine um, because I knew it was going to have to happen rapidly. I was like, I won't cross that bridge. I'll walk. Um, If I'm just being absolutely honest, Um, I got lucky. I got an employer that, that uh, has not made me walk across that bridge because I I told him I wouldn't, but um, a lot of people out there didn't. And, uh, uh, not that I have to feel sad for Cube. I think he does do just fine with the with yeah. running big three, which is amazing. Um, check that out on Sundays. I think they got the like the new season is out right now in like week six or something. Um, but or week three, season six. Um, and he's got a lot of other opportunities. But uh, the fact that he had to step back from a movie just because of the nonsense of like, you need to conform to this. I kind of wonder how they felt too. Cause they were like, these are the rules that we've laid out and everybody, everybody abides by these rules. And then a major star like cube is like, no, because you imagine, I mean, like you you can't go back on that, right? You can't go back. No, no, uh, never mind. Or it could have been being shot in California. And of course there could have been those regulations already there that that maybe they had to, abide by right but could you imagine like you're putting together this movie you have millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars on the line and a major star like ice cube is like nah i'm good yeah i'm good i'll go do something else yeah Yeah. i'm not going to take the health risk like he said you know he 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 said it there said uh you know 
they they don't accrue any uh, risk by me taking it. I accrue all the risk. Right. And so with that in mind, I'm not I'm not going to do it. And that was the same. That was the same decision I came to. Now it doesn't mean that if you wanted to get, it, I'm not against it. If you want to get it, get it. That's, yeah, just don't make me do it. That's your that's your health decision. Prerogative. Yeah. I mean, it's the one case where I would say I'm pro-choice. <laughs> so did you guys see about LeBron's son this week? Bronny? Yeah, did you see that? Had cardiac arrest? Yeah, working out with his college squad and uh, wanted a cardiac arrest. Um, I, you know, of course you have both sides of the, the argument lighting up because as soon as an 18-year-old athlete goes down on the court, with into cardiac arrest, especially someone of his caliber of player, yeah. and with his, you know, bloodline. I hate to say it like that, but, but his dad was a huge champion of, of the vax and stuff like that. So, you know, you see him go down and immediately. People were like, "Oh, we know he's vaccinated. Has to be that." And uh, then the opposite side, of course, is arguing that this just happens, and it can actually happen with people who've just had COVID because COVID even raises that risk as well. And uh, so can the flu. Yeah, and the, and the James camp is just not. They're not talking about it. They they said they'll talk about it and give, you know, yeah. more details down the road. But I really hope he's okay. I mean. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, yeah. like, I think. We pray I- for his health. Yeah. And and I think the idea of, like, we don't really want to disclose any information. We don't want to talk about it. I mean, first of all, the kid's 18. You need to have, regardless what side of the fence you're on, you need to have respect for his family to be able to take care of him and make sure that he's okay, make sure he's healing all right, you know. I mean, I I will say after I found out the story, my first question to Alan was, do you know if he was vaxxed or not? And it wasn't because I have any sort of adverse or, you know, um, like irritation towards people who want to get the vaccination or not. I mean, I myself have gotten at least one shot. Um, But... It was mainly just because there have been so many cases of people who they feel like they're linking up these like different health concerns and stuff. Young athletes. Yeah, because of that. And so that was, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, does anybody know if this is like a, like a family genetic thing? Is there like heart condition or something like that in the, in that family line? Um, Or is this something that, you know, was caused because of a medication or something like that? Like that's where my heart goes. Because I also have three kids at home. And yeah. so I'm like, if if I was in that situation, I'd be asking nine million questions as to where where could this have come from? Come How can we prevent it? What can we do to help him heal? Is this going to be a long-term thing? Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, as an athlete, what's your job? Well, your job is to sweat and use your entire body <laughs> for an hour, hour and a half, two hours at a time. If you're having a cardiac arrest at 18 years old, is that going to be something that you're going to be able to do as a career? Right. You know, like, and, and I had to set my feelings aside for LeBron, right? Like I, like yeah. as far as LeBron's a grown man who has, uh, you know, rubbed me the wrong way, rubbed a lot of people the wrong Ruined way. Ruined the NBA. Yes. He's, he's done a lot, you know, and he's very opinionated and that's fine. And if it would have happened to him, I would have been like, Hey, I hope he's okay, but I couldn't pick a better person for that to happen. To. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean here, Yeah, um, but I'm just saying like, Eh, you know, I right. mean, it's fine. But for, you know, his son, 18 years old, yeah. you know, he, he deserves it's just a kid. He deserves yeah. the right to carve his path, yeah. you know, and um, do the things he should be uh, allowed to do it. And, and, and see some, see a lot of his hard work come to fruition. Yep. 
Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, the, the case that I found curious uh, was uh, Demar Hamlin. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, you remember him? Yeah, the football player. That football player, yeah. Got smacked in the chest and went down. And they said just, it was just a timing issue. I mean. how And how old is he? He's 20-something. He's 23, I think. 23. 20, something 20, like that. 23, 24, somewhere yeah. in there, yeah. And, I mean, that was just, it was a very curious case. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't link it directly to the vaccine. You can't say no, it. But, no, like, you I know, mean, there's, it's. Um, it's that's not a hard science. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They don't even know the efficacy of the daggum thing. So how right. how are they going to know whether or not it's causing this? But, <clears throat> um, it just was a really curious case because it was yeah. it was very sudden. Yeah, and I mean, just one moment he's upright and then one could say, as far as football goes, barely tapped. Oh yeah, and, that, and, that was yeah. nothing. Oh yeah, it wasn't even yeah, it wasn't even a stiff hit or anything. Yeah. We all played football. I mean, we yeah, know, we know, yeah. we know how hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched. <laughs> I, I remember watching Austin Collie when he played for the Colts get just railed, and then just watching him, his whole body go stiff with a concussion, and like, man, that still gives me chills thinking about that yeah. stuff. But yeah, like in con in context, like it wasn't a super hard hit or anything like that. I don't yeah. even think he drove him to the ground or anything like that. If I mean, no, I mean, no. he was, yeah, it was just barely, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Yeah. Really. I mean, it just, they said, oh, it was just a timing thing. And I'm like, you know, I, we've, stra- I've strapped on those pads before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, and they're wearing much better pads than. Yeah, they than, are now. Than, yeah. Than all that stuff. But I'm just, to see him, you know, go down and then, of course, he's back up and you know, there's a lot of mystery, but then he's being paraded around. As oh look, he's back. He's healthy. He's good. He's playing this season. So and, and yeah. he's uh, everybody's uh, you know donated a lot of money in his name and stuff, which was great. But I just yeah, I wish I wish they look into what's happening to these young people. Right. Yeah. I, just I, a little I, bit more education and and yeah. I really wish that there was a lot more transparency. I mean, I I know if, if he wants to keep it quiet, that's fine. It's because yeah. it's his, it's his medical right. But like at the same time, it's like but if if we can save lives by being transparent about what's going on with you and you're already in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to do that? Like I, I'm not saying for him, I'm not telling him what to do with his life, obviously, but if I were in his shoes, I would want to be transparent and say, look, this is what I went through. And now we're, now we're doing the investigation. Now yeah. we're, let's, let's open this up. Let's try to figure this out because if I can save someone else's life or, you know, because they found out what was going on with me, then let's do it. Well, yeah. once they make it public, right? You can't hold them accountable. First of all, but but but, you know, there's there's one thing about holding them financially accountable. There's another thing about holding them socially accountable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the left is good at doing. So what if you if you put these things out there and you have the information? If people are transparent with this information and it becomes wide reaching, like it gets that that reach, especially with somebody at at their kind of social status, and that comes out, then you can make change and you can you can pressure these companies enough. Um, that they will have to do something. They have to do something. They have to respond in some way. You know, you can't, you're probably not going to hit their hit their pockets and get money in people's pockets, but you're going to make them do something. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point. Like, you're, you're going to um, – think about it this way. How many uh, – Bud Lights were sold last <laughs> month? <gasps> Goose egg. Now, uh, uh, how many liberals would turn on Pfizer tomorrow if – there was an investigation. This is a lot of ifs. Now. If there was an investigation into that particular case and they found out it was linked, in fact, to the vaccine, how many do you think would turn turn tomorrow on Pfizer? I'd still say there'd be like twenty percent holdouts. But I think yeah, yeah. there's always going to be some, right? Because right. I mean, but because they're just too far brainwashed 
but I think it would be like an overnight change. And to, the and to your point that the social, the the pressure, the, the yeah. social stigma, yeah, the the court of public opinion, then overnight changes, and uh, there's just too much money tied up in it to to. Uh, the, and I think that's where it's really at. I don't even I, don't, I mean, not to say that that's what's going on with Demar, but like, um, it, it's just so much money tied up in what these pharmaceutical companies are doing. I wouldn't put it past them as far as to just go, Hey, Damar, a little bit to these charities. If uh, you say nothing, yeah. if you just, if you just kind of keep it quiet and keep it under the rug. Yeah. Pull a Michael Jackson. We know how that yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. His, his death was, was sad, man. Yeah. It really was. Um, I mean, his life wasn't much better. <gasps> <laughs> he gave us some good music. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I can say that. Um, someone who's not going to be singing any good music anytime soon, though, is, uh, is a guy named Hunter Biden. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, coming in our third article tonight, um, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal on gun uh, tax charges torpedoed by judge in sensational courtroom dust-up. Ooh. <laughs> uh, first, <laughs> you're welcome, Don. Uh, first son Hunter Biden uh, pleaded not guilty to federal tax and gun charges Wednesday on uh, Wednesday, a dramatic about face after his wrist slap probation plea deal uh, fell apart with the judge the, uh, in the case accusing both sides of wanting her to rubber stamp in quotes uh, an improperly uh, broad agreement. The stunning turn of events came after the, uh, more than 90 minutes into the hearing at the federal courthouse in Wilmington, Delaware, where Hunter uh, was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay taxes and enter a, a diversion program on felony federal weapons charge. Uh, but U.S. District Judge Mary Lynn Norica uh, ran the rule over both prosecutors and uh, the lawyers for uh, President Biden's 53-year-old son, Asking assist uh, asking Assistant U.S. Attorney Leo Wise if Hunter was still under scrutiny for potential offenses, including falling to register as a foreign agent for lucrative dealings in countries such as China and Ukraine. I said it that way on purpose. <laughs> that that allegedly involved his father. Uh, yes, admitted uh, Wise, echoing statements by his boss, Delaware U.S. Attorney uh, David Weiss. Weiss uh, whose office uh, con uh, confirmed the ongoing nature of the probe to the Post Wednesday. Uh, Wise um, added, if Hunter's team thought otherwise, then there's no deal. No deal. Mm. Oh, poor fella. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. You know how many bumps he's going to have to do later to be able to forget that? You could say he fell between the cracks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't wait till they line up the charges. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, nope. Sterling's done. That story was a little taxing. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting to me that guys like I took a shot at it. Gun charge. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's interesting to me that guys like Wesley Snipes, you know, can go to prison. For tax evasion, mm -hmm. then Hunter can just. But then Hunter can just not. <laughs> yeah, or or <laughs> rapper, 
Kodak Black. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like a regular dude to me. Like I never heard any of his music. I don't know if I, I don't know if he's any good or not. He's had a few songs, but yeah. It, does he got some bangers? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but like we've gotten to that generation of people, haven't we? Yeah. We're just using every piece of vernacular from twenty years younger than us in the worst way possible. <laughs> So I like it. Yes. I like it. A foreign person like older it. than us, like potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> Those are taters. Um, anyway, Tater salad. <laughs> he had uh, very similar charges. Yeah. Like, I mean, line by line, if you were to look at it on paper, mm-hmm. almost exact, he gets prison time. Yep. He's like, but, yeah. but, but he had some good songs, though, right? Yeah. So how come he doesn't get, but, but if, but if you're now the big guy. Yeah. But if you're Joe Biden's son, yeah, you can skate. I mean, couldn't he just go to prison and then Joe Biden just pardon him? Right. <laughs> yeah, but that'd be too big. Right, but that, that would it, it would be huge. Huge. <laughs> it would be too in the public eye. Then I mean, he's in the public eye already, but like that would yeah. everyone can agree that that would be not okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's incredible yeah. just watching just step by step. And to watch both sides, right? To just watch. like Joshua Jericho? Yes. Yes. Step by step. Step by step. But watching this, That's like, called a callback. Watching That's him just kind of spiral <laughs> and then watching different media outlets bring him on and try to interview him and, and try to make him seem like he is he's well put together, yeah. you know? And then the rest of us are like, did, did we just watch him do a bump <laughs> on a balcony right next to his dad as he turned around? He's like, yeah. like that, you know, just like. You see Jill, like, oh, he's at it again. Like, how much does he have? He's going to leave something in this building, too. <laughs> you know, and then just to see the other side, like, let's put you in front of a camera while you talk to us through your, you know, your your fake teeth because the other ones have fallen out from all the crack over the years. And they just, ah, can't, I can't put up with this dude. Well, I'll tell you what. This judge don't put up with no Parmesan cheese. Nope, no Parm. Mm. Yeah. And. Uh, Shredded. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I think Hunter could be looking at some real time. To be honest, I with mean, you. I now, hope now because I think this judge, uh, I, I can at this current moment in time, because we'll have to take a look at it later, right? Because we'll sure. it's, it's gonna it could, it could change overnight. Yeah, because this this happened on a whim. What else could happen on a whim? <laughs> but as of current, I commend this judge for take standing her ground and saying, "Yo, that ain't gonna fly with me," and uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have to treat you like everybody else. Yeah, hopefully, hey. hopefully she doesn't turn out like a. White House chef or anything like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't don't do any kayaking in the uh, Obama's uh, Martha's Vineyard <laughs> estate. That's hey, for sure. This administ- it happened to the Clintons a few years before. Actually, I know. I Same know. exact type of thing. I know. And a chef. Yeah. The, the administration. This administration beat cancer, guys. So I mean, I'm pretty sure <laughs> this administration beat cancer. They can. They can COVID. sure as heck beat whatever this judge has to throw. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe he said that either. <laughs> We have beat cancer. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but well, um, that's one. Of, that was one of Joe Biden's uh, campaign promises. Yeah, he was going to cure cancer. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that yes. actually because we were making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that <laughs> that he would say that. And now he's like, "We've beaten cancer." I'm like, "You, you. The only thing you've beaten today is the." Uh, the efficacy of that diaper you're wearing. <laughs> and the need to sniff on another small child's head. Oh, my gosh. He could have cured it, you know, just for, like, the higher echelon people, though. Yeah, well, I mean. True. But we'd never know. Yeah. 
I mean, that's why Tom Hanks is still here, right? Um, but he he went on a little island not too long. That's ago. why I went. <laughs> Subject for another day, because I'm sure that that'll come out at some point, and the truth always comes out because uh, what's in the dark eventually comes to the light. That's right. That's right. Um. So uh, I think I think we're at a good time, aren't we, Ryan? We're a little bit over. We're, yeah. we're in all of time. Cool. <laughs> I think we're just gonna have to call it for that from now on. Anytime time. we go over, we're gonna call it all of time. All of time, baby. All because of Alan. I'm staying out of it because <laughs> he hates I olives. I like, um, the, I like the ones that are stuffed with garlic. Oh, yeah. I, I've tried them stuffed oh, with garlic. So good. I've tried them stuffed with jalapenos. Yeah. They're good as well. Blue I, cheese? I've never tried them with blue cheese. Yes. That'd blue be a, like a double feta. hate for me. I don't like blue cheese. So I'd be like, all oh, right, yeah. maybe two bad things or make something great. That's no, it. No, That's no. it. All green olives? I, I hate all olives. I've tried them all. Can't stand them. No, but I'm saying the ones that you've tried, you've I tried think, like black olives, Kalamata olives. like uh, it, And the stuffed ones where I think were all green. Okay, that makes sense. So when you when you have olives in your presence, do you sing plain white teas? Hate is a strong word. <laughs> so this has been a great show, guys. Um, just next time. Um, but I really, really, really don't like you. I'm I'm going to be your temporary host at the very end here. <laughs> I am taking us off tracks, aren't I? So uh, because we are in all of time, um, uh, Don, I think that this is a good time to get us a prayer uh, to get out of here. All right, that sounds great. All right, Father God, we just... Uh, thank you so much for this time, this opportunity to be able to uh, just come together, Lord God, and, and um, you know, examine your word and uh, spend some time together, uh, talk about the things that are important to us, Lord God, and uh, hopefully, Lord, um, you will allow this to uh, just reach uh, someone who is uh, lost and is seeking, Lord God, that they would, uh, that they would hear your word and that they would be um, called to you, Lord God, and convicted by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, they would hear that still, still small voice, uh, Lord God, asking them and uh, calling upon them to uh, turn around, Lord God, and to open the door uh, to your son, Jesus, Lord. We thank you so much for every opportunity we have to be the reflection of Jesus in people's lives and that we could continue to share the good news. And Father God, above all things, we thank you for your son, Jesus who died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sin, that we would have everlasting life in your kingdom. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right. Down those strongholds. Yeah, man. <laughs> so the, the guy it. that brought that prayer to get us get us all cozy closed out was Mr. Don Martyr, the golden voice himself, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. No cheers. That's all right. It's okay. He knows where the cheer button is. The cheers is. are in my heart. That's uh, all that really matters. That's that's uh, that's uh, my heart. touching. Thank you guys for letting this me come and hang out with you for a little while. I enjoy every opportunity I have to hang out with. Well, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you for being here and getting Heck to yes. be our, our, our first yeah, this uh, is message bringer from the new setup. This is great. I really yeah. do. I really do love this, and I think you know. I would encourage you that next next week, uh, maybe have uh, a tall stack of pancakes, some hash brown casserole, <laughs> some. Dude, if, if, if like I that. had the finances. Coffee table right in the middle. Uh, uh, tomorrow, you know, like if there I had the go. finances. <laughs> there you go. Coffee time. Yeah. All of time. All of time. Yeah. Sorry. Speaking of all of time, next to Don Martyr. <laughs> in the green uh, chair. Uh, one of the green chairs. <laughs> Everyone. <Ooh. laughs> it's not olive green. <laughs> it could be. It's like paint. Everyone's oh favorite. You love him. The host of the Laughing Libertarian, Alan McFarland. Thank hey. you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me on. Um, thank you guys for watching. And, you know, this is that part where you should definitely be comment, 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 comment. Yeah. So that's right. 
Mm. Tell people oh. about the UFOs we talked about. Yeah, for oh. sure. Yeah. For sure. And the Hunter Bidens. L.A. Marzulli. <laughs> Probably was Look in him up. UFO. L.A. Marzulli. Look him up. And, and, and the jab stuff. That's right. <laughs> and over here making noises. And he's he's been phenomenal this episode with voices and noises and uh, deep, deep thought. The perfect producer, Sterling Metcalf Allen. Hey. Thanks for having me, Josh. Thank you. I know I'm just a substitute, but thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> he is sitting in for Louis Rodriguez. Can't uh, fill those shoes. Everyone's favorite Puerto Rican, but. I mean, they overfill those shoes. shoes tiny, tiny, tiny feet. <laughs> <laughs> What's <laughs> well? What size shoe are you? It doesn't matter. We don't talk about it. <laughs> no, no, seriously. What size shoe are you? Huh? Yeah. It's all of time. I, I well, all I wear size thirteen, so I don't know if I'm. No, that's nice. too big. Stop it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Just saying, my, I might have the biggest shoes here to, to fill. I, they look I like wear an shoes. eleven and a half four E. Oh, the the wide just start. Yeah, super wide. Yeah. Adding super letters. Wide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joining yeah. the never mind. Yeah. So we're both Bigfoot. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Get the big guys in the middle, right? That's right. And so, uh, I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you. Oh, why are you going to do the eyebrow Ew, thing at the camera? That's so weird. I don't like being cozy in this room uh, now. I'm not cozy anymore. What? Reminding you, uh, get your favorite stack of pancakes, set it that's in right. front of you, have some hash brown casserole and that's some it. apples. And olive oil. And olive oil. Stay in trouble. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Deuces.